Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Monday, and welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein, a very happy host as well, because we start the podcast with the FA Cup final as Arsenal lifted the famous trophy for the 14th time. Would you believe it on FA Cup game day? In a minute, you hear from managers Mikel Arteta, Frank Lampard and an emotional gunners keeper, Emmy Martinez. But first, here's your commentary team of Sam Matterface and Stuart, they don't call me psycho for nothing, Pierce. Oh, incidentally, Darren Lewis owes me lots of money because Arsenal won this game. <laughs> But Pepe's picked it up. Now Bamiang inside the area. Goes past Zuma. Chips the goalkeeper. Brilliant. It's in. Brilliant. It's a fantastic Arsenal goal. It's a brilliant, brilliant FA Cup final goal from Pierre Emerick or Bamiang. No wonder they don't want him to leave. This time, Bamiang lifts the cup for Arsenal. Record breaking Arsenal. 14 FA Cup titles over 90 years. From 30 to 2020, in the most extraordinary of occasions for Arteta, he becomes that first Arsenal manager who also won this as a captain. And they can't wait to open the champagne and they can't wait to celebrate. Arsenal fans who can't be here are all here in spirit. So proud of our players. Thank you so much to the club that put a lot of faith to, to bring me here to try to rebuild and do something special. I was brought here to win football games and titles and we've got one so thank you to all of us and, and hopefully we made the, the fans proud and happy today. Didn't play well enough to win the final. We started well so after 10 or 15 minutes goal control and we relaxed on the pitch. You know, we talked a lot before the game how well we moved the ball, take the ball away from them. We did it to Manchester United two weeks ago. Win balls back in midfield, we were doing it and then we decided we wanted to take our time, have an extra touch, play five yards when we can play 30 yard passes and it's something that's been in us a bit this season and we allowed them back in the game. You know, third play they win the game in the end but I have to look at it from our point of view and um, we didn't play well enough to win it. Well, it was a bit emotional straight after the game when they asked about it. Now, I'm just delighted that I worked really hard over the 10 years. I left my, my hometown when I was 16, 17. Uh, it was difficult, to be honest, but I worked really hard and I never wanted to go back to Argentina with empty hands. I went away after a decade, win the FA Cup with Arsenal, playing a key role in the game and I couldn't be prouder, to be honest. 
Now this is the final word with Danny Kelly and Perry Groves, a former Arsenal midfielder, talking Chelsea and manager Frank Lampard, or Lampsy, as he likes to be called by no one. Chelsea's biggest problem, and I've been saying it all season, is when they haven't got the ball. The first 15 minutes, it was 100% right. They closed down, they pressed. We couldn't get out, we couldn't get the ball into Ceballos or Granit Xhaka. They were getting caught in possession. And a brilliant example of that is actually Pulisic's goal because he got in between Ceballos and Xhaka so he could run at our back three. So, but then when Mikel Arteta sussed it finally, thinking, right, they're trying to press us, we've got to miss the press, we've got to go long. <clears throat> you know, go off the front, boys, and... We started hitting it in the, especially in Chelsea's right-hand channel, you know, for Maitland-Niles yes. and Aubameyang. So then we get success by missing that out. I'm just watching it thinking, well, they've got to drop off. They've got to drop off. If it's Aspilicueta who's the captain, he's got to say, to, or something from Jody Morris or from Frank Lampard, guys, for five, ten minutes, we've got our goal. We've got to drop off 10, 15 yards so they can't get in behind us. You know, So they've got to play through us. So there's no leadership from the bench on the tactical side. There's no leadership from the players, because you have to suss it yourself sometimes in games. Of course. The big problem they have is in the middle of the park, when they haven't got the ball, Jorginho and Kovacic, it's not that they don't try and do it. They haven't got the physicality to stay with their runners or do the horrible stuff. And again, as the game went on, I know that um, Conte's, um, in, you know, he's sort of just come back to being fit. Yeah. I'm looking at thinking it was crying out for him, even if he had half an hour in him, 25 minutes in him, to put him on before the, you know, the injuries. I know there was, obviously, as Pelliqueta got done his hamstring, and then obviously Pulisic's done his as well. But then even after that, it, they needed it uh, solidifying in midfield, and he didn't do it. And that's been Chelsea's problem all season when they haven't got the ball. You know, when you go through periods of games where you're not dominating, all the good teams just go, right, we ain't going to see it. And uh, Arsenal, to be fair, were getting overrun in the first 15 minutes. And I'm just watching it thinking, just don't concede again. Just yes. ride that little storm out, which we did. And then there was no ad adaptation from uh, Frank Lampard's coach staff or his players to the way that the game was going. You're right. If we just look straightforward at their, at their defensive capabilities, the, the stat that gets trotted out is that Chelsea have qualified for the Champions League while conceding as many goals as Brighton. But that, and that doesn't surprise me because they've had problems with the goalkeeper. He doesn't exude any confidence. There's no aura, does he? He'll, be, he'll be replaced. I know it's going to be an expensive job, but he'll be replaced, but, but, won't he, in the yes, summer? Yes, because although people would argue he's not getting a lot of protection because... I don't obviously as Piliqueta isn't a, a centre half they're playing free. I don't think Kurt Zoom was good enough, which we saw with like the second goal. Rudiger, for some reason, looked like he was going to be, and he's dropped off the pace. I don't know what's happened to Tamori because I saw Chelsea yeah. earlier in the season. I thought he was their best centre half, and I know he's had a few injuries. If even if you look at Liverpool, right, with Virgil Van Dijk, who's like the best centre half in in yeah. the country. In front of him, he has three midfield players, whoever plays, whether it's Henderson, Wijnaldum, Fabinho, uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain. They Maybe work Peter, the, yeah. They work their socks off to protect the centre-halves. That doesn't happen with Chelsea. And that's why I know it will go against the grain, but frankly, wants to dominate games and, and be brilliant going forward. He's going to be under pressure. The expectations are going to be quite big for Chelsea next season because of the money that's being released. There won't be as much patience for Frank Lampard next year and he's got to show that he can coach the defensive side as well as taking teams on Staying on the FA Cup final this is Tony Cascarino on the Weekend Breakfast Show talking Nick Pope Popey being linked with a move to Chelsea and the future of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyangi 
right-footed and slams it home. And Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang equalises for Arsenal in the cup final. He has his Jerry Maguire moment. Show me the money. That's his value. You should never be giving a £60 million player a three-year and a half-year deal. Because he came in January and three and a half years later, his contract ends next year. That's too short a contract for someone you've spent £60 million on. I'm sorry, yeah. that's where it all started. If you'd have got him on a five-and-a-bit-year deal, you'd have had him till 33, which would, should have been perfect. To turn and shoot, another brilliant save from Pope. Flying to his right this time and a one-handed save. Now, Frank's going to want his goalkeeper to play out. Now, I don't know, because I don't see Nick Pope do this too often, how good he is with his feet, because he's normally right. playing quite a long ball and direct and centre-ass push-up. That's the Burnley way. So that's my only, not for fear, but I just think I want to see Nick Pope playing a lot more football on the ground if he's going to consider a move to a team that do want to play that way. Now, on Saturday evening, Bournemouth announced that Eddie Howe will be leaving the club. Faker others and former England striker Darren Bent reacted to the news on the full-time phone-in and were also joined by the South Coast reporter Alex Crook. The vibes I was getting out of the vitality earlier this week was that Eddie Howe was more likely to stay than to leave and to try and fight Bournemouth's way back into the Premier League. So, yeah, it's come as a bit of a surprise to me as it has uh, for many of the Bournemouth players. I've already seen Steve Cook, uh, one of the elder statesmen of the team, has, has tweeted a, a sad emoji on Twitter. It, it will feel like they've lost a bit of a father figure and it will feel like uh, a watershed moment as far as AFC Bournemouth are concerned because for the past decade, Eddie Howe has been AFC Bournemouth. They owe their success of being a Premier League club for five years to Eddie Howe. They wouldn't have got there without him. They certainly wouldn't have stayed there without him either. So it's going to be really interesting now to see what kind of contingency plan the board have in place. I've, I've read the open letter that Eddie has written to the supporters. It does seem that this is genuinely a, a mutual consent decision. He says he feels the time is right now for a parting of the ways and for the club to take a new direction. Well, for Eddie Howe, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that people were potentially talking about him being a future England manager. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? But he seems to have not lost his way a little bit. But I just think for him as well, he definitely needs a, a fresh they both needed a, a, a change of direction. Eddie Howe, I believe he's earned the right to potentially manage at another level. Um, I think it's a fantastic job for someone else coming in to, to try and take Bournemouth forward and get them promoted again. So for me, it, it, the timing's a bit shocking, but I knew it was going to happen sooner rather than later. Because as I said, when a manager becomes stale, then it, there's no place for him to go anymore. Now on Johnny Owen, oh, I've got friends! On Sunday morning, they had film director, one of his friends, oh, I know Shane Meadows! Anyway, he was on the show talking about trying to convert his kids to being Notts County fans and not winning a BAFTA this year. Well, I just finished crying uh, last night about losing 56 BAFTAs. <laughs> so... <laughs> and you know what, Vicky's the same. They're so competitive. She was furious. Did, we should have won that. Did you record your winning speech like a lot of people did then, Shane? I did three. Oh, yeah. no, no! I was up for three awards and... Um, and so we were up for five overall. And so I did it three times. And, you know, and trying to reinvent yourself, because I, I really feel like if all the other losers are up for it, we should, we should put them out, because obviously BAFTA are going to burn them so that no one feels ashamed of what they did. <laughs> I feel like I've been in an adult film, but no one's seen it yet. Luckily, Notts County do really good hot dogs. So <laughs> 
don't ever say, do you want to come to Notts County? And I always start with anybody fancy a hot dog, and then I put the Notts County bit on afterwards. And but they've actually they've they've actually really started to get into it. And I think because it's accessible, and they you know when you're looking at players like Rashford and you know Martial and these kind of players, they're untouchable, unreachable. Whereas our guys, you know, one of them delivers the milk up our street, so you sort of feel <laughs> feels a little bit more attainable. Well, this will put a smile on Shane's face, I'm sure. Of course it won't. Notts County played Harrogate yesterday in the National Playoff Final for a place in the Football League. And would you believe it, they lost 3-1. I thought you didn't cover part-time football on the podcast. Mm, sometimes we do. And that's the final whistle here at Wembley Stadium. Harrogate Town promoted to the Football League for the first time in their history. A really good performance. Goals in the first half. George Thompson, five minutes. Connor Hall on 28. Notts County pulled one back through a Callum Roberts free kick. Jack Diamond swept in Harrogate's third to seal the victory. So, a new Football League club in the beautiful spa town of Harrogate in North Yorkshire. It finished Harrogate Town 3, Notts County 1. On the Charlie Baker warm-up on Saturday morning, Charlie and some chance called Maximilian were joined by former Arsenal captain and Ireland defender David O'Leary, recalling a story about Italian 90 as well as his last appearance for Arsenal in the FA Cup final in 1993. That was three years after Italian 90. If somebody had said to me, a lad coming home from Dublin at 15, that 20 years you'd be there and your last game would be winning an FA Cup final at Wembley, that was, um, that was a great occasion, um, but sad as well. I knew once I got back in the dressing room, took that shirt off, it would be the last time I'd play for Arsenal. So mm. it was joy and sadness uh, in, in both ways, if you know what I mean. So you're both memorable for different reasons. The nation holds its breath. Yes, we're there! Ireland are through to the quarterfinals of the World Cup. I was in a pub last year after a rugby match and um, this young lad at the pub was buzzing and uh, he jumped out in front of me and said, David O'Leary, I want to buy you a pint of Guinness. And everybody stopped and I panicked. And he went, I was conceived after your penalty and I want to thank you. <laughs> That's kind of of what I've got to put up with. Now, quite a difficult one to pronounce in the next link, but I'll give it my best go. Brentford midfielder Emiliano Marcondes has been speaking to our very own Ian Abraham. Abraham. Ian Abrahams. There you go. Got it. Sometimes it's difficult. Ahead of the club's championship player final against Fulham tomorrow night. The game, of course, will be live and exclusive to TalkSport. And afterwards, if you want, you can have your say on my show, Andy Goldstein Sports Bar, Monday to Friday from 10pm. Although all this week, I'm doing drive, so I'm not technically there. Well, I'm not actually there. I've been watching Premier League since I was a little kid and always uh, been dreaming about uh, playing against the biggest teams and uh, growing up uh, watching some of the biggest players uh, playing in that league. I think right now is, is the best league in the world, so it will also put me or and the team and the club on a on a seat where we are uh, the best, one of the best teams uh, in the world. Obviously, it's uh, not nice that there is there's no fans, and also when it's a West London derby, it would be. Amazing to see uh, all the fans and uh, and also them compete, competing, uh, singing and uh, cheering. So we don't think about it too much any, anymore. We cannot get used to it. Last night, Lindsay Hooper presented Olympic Lockdown, colon, 
The Road to Tokyo, a TalkSport special which looked at the impact of the Games being delayed for the first time since World War II, would you believe? Five-time Olympic gold medalist and Team GB legend Sir Steve Redgrave spoke about the impact of the delay. I think if you're a favourite, I think that is harder having a delay because you're scheduled up for such a date that obviously the form to put you as favourite should put you there. And then delaying things 12 months, that's giving you the chance of not performing quite so well and the others to catch up, which from a favourite's point of view isn't very good. From a spectator's point of view, I think it's brilliant because we'll go into next year not really knowing of what the form guide's going to be because we've basically had a season wiped out completely. Now, these are the best bits from my show, The Andy Goldstein's Change Europe Express, which was on at the slightly later time of 10pm, where usually it's 9, or that does change week on week. It's either 9 or 10. Just tune your radio on at 9. If it's not on, just have a cup of tea, a long cup of tea, maybe two cups of tea, until it starts at 10. Last night, you'd have had about four cups of tea. We shall begin with a story that sort of broke Andy Brassel when we were on air last week with Juventus being crowned champions. That's nine in a row now for them. That's quite an incredible achievement. It is an incredible achievement, an achievement that clearly means a lot to Maurizio Sarri. And even though they only on paper, in, in the cold hard light of stats, one by one point, which seems just totally bizarre because they could have won it by more than one point um, after losing 3-1 to Roma last night. They didn't leave um, that... that sort of dampen their celebration because um, a lot of players were left out with the, the, the Champions League in mind and given I think Sarri put it really well Maurizio Sarri when he said given a lot of the issues we've faced this season it's very very satisfying indeed of course it's the first title for him he's the oldest first time title winner in Serie A history at 61 years old and I think it will mean so much more to him uh, having got through that I mean we all remember the way he looked at his Europa League winners medal um, this is a couple of steps up and you know there's been a lot of talk about him and Cristiano Ronaldo aren't the ideal marriage well I'll tell you what Cristiano Ronaldo's had a pretty good season with Maurizio Sarri at the age of 35 and a half now because this has been an incredibly long season and um, you know it's been a successful run-in it's been a successful resumption uh, partly um, helped by the fact that Lazio have rather run out of steam and had a pretty small squad there are a lot of issues for Juventus going forward and of course the season's not finished by any stretch of the imagination because um, this time next week we'll know if they're in Lisbon for the final eight of the Champions League which will will come to a bit later lots of questions to ask about Juventus but nine in a row is is pretty undeniable isn't it yeah I think it is and Sarri has always seemed like a slightly odd fit for Juventus and I don't think that notion has been disproved but yeah, you have to give them credit it was always going to be a strange season with the first uh, first year of trying to change the way they play the question marks were whether they actually have the personnel to do that so actually getting there in the end in spite of a fairly committed uh, challenge from Inter all things being said it, it, yeah no they deserve credit for it That's it. Thanks for listening to Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily Podcast. Of course, you can listen to us on the TalkSport app or, of course, we're still available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Acast or wherever you get your podcasts from. But if you add the TalkSport app to your phone, you can listen again to all the podcasts plus your favourite radio shows as well. That's mine, obviously. And if it is mine, then you can find me on Drive today from 4pm. I'm alongside Scarlet Sun. 
Jamie O'Hara. That'd be 4pm, me and Jamie O'Hara on Drive. That's it. Thanks for listening. I'll be back doing another one of these at the same time-ish tomorrow, depending on, of course, whenever you download it. In the meantime, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.